Okay, so this is the first time I'm actually using a, this new software that was recommended to me by uh, Kdub Drew on Twitter, so I really appreciate you doing that. I have not actually really tested this software a whole lot, uh, but it seems like it seems like it's pretty easy to use. And uh, with that said, I think that I'm probably going to be using this rather than the Google Hangouts. Um, I had used that previously um, for all of my live stream events, which has been good, but uh, I do like that you can have the picture-in-picture -picture, um, at the same time and adjust the font, adjust where the location of the PIP is at, as well as having other guests on for discussion. So. Uh, with that said, I have kind of come into uh, a conversation about what you would call conjectural emendation, uh, which would be basically a reading into the text that's not in the original preserved Greek or Hebrew or basically any manuscript evidence. So uh, in dealing with that, I had posted something on Twitter to the effect of uh, a question form that if I could show you there is textual emendation uh, uh, that's actual or conjectural emendation um, that's read into your Greek text such as the Nestle Allen uh, 28th edition or the difference between the 27th and 28th would that change your opinion on the reconstructionist view on uh, your Bible which all that said simply is um, a more complicated way of saying, do you trust your Bible? Do you trust the preservation of the Word of God in whatever version you're reading from? So I got a response that said, if I can show you conjectural emendation or whatever that you want to call it into the text from your King James Version, or more specifically, it's not really, to me, an issue about it being a King James Version issue, but uh, rather a traditional text or received text um, issue that's being brought into question. So, specifically, this is brought up with Erasmus in his fifth edition regarding uh, Revelation 16, verse 5, and more specifically, um, what we would call, as Christians, the Tetragrammaton Preservation, or the triadic declaration, which is the I am, the name of God. The name of God is a tripartite name. It would be past, present, and future, the everlasting, from everlasting to everlasting, um, which would be which, uh, another way of saying he was, he is, he shall be. So it's the everlasting state of God showing that he is uh, not only relative to time itself, but that he is outside of time. He is the I am. He is the past. He is the present. He is the future. So in regard to Revelation 16.5, the question on whether or not Erasmus read into the text something that was not there, I want to look at a couple of things. And I'm sharing this screen with you, which is from textus-receptus.com, and there's an article um, specific to this verse, 
And obviously, there's a lot of a lot of criticism about this text within the revisionist um, or critical text um, uh, people who basically would adhere to the TR not being a preserved text, or not necessarily even that it's a preserved text, but more so that it's a reconstructionist view of the text itself, that we do not have the preserved Word of God today, but basically what you're looking at is a puzzle book of pieces with a hundred piece set, and you've got 90 of them that are face up, which would incline, uh, would uh, illuminate to kind of the fact that you've got 10 missing pieces or you have 10 pieces that you've got, but they're face down, and therefore the complete text is not there, uh, which would leave it up to higher criticism to, to decide what that extra 10% actually is, what should be and should not be, or what in fact is included in the Word of God. So uh, there's a number of texts that you would call variants, uh, or you would call what some would call um, in, in kind of a wording that I absolutely abhor, which is simply stating that you've got sections of the Bible that are your favorite readings within the Bible that are not actually the Bible itself. So uh, examples of this would be uh, the ending of Mark chapter 16. It would be the woman caught in adultery. And it would be what we call the Yohanin comma, or First John 5, 7, and 8, uh, which is basically the greatest um, section on the Trinity. So when it comes to Revelation 16, 5, the question is, what are we looking at to decide if this is, in fact, a preserved reading? And when I say that, I, I, I'm referring to the reading that we've got in the traditional text that simply shows, um, let me pull this over here. I want you guys to see this so that we can read it. It simply shows that it says, I heard the angel of the water say, thou art righteous, O Lord, which art. So here's what we're bringing into question here. Um, it's being addressed to the Lord. And it, it gives a description. So you've got the angel, you've got a mention of thou art righteous, and then it refers to who that's a reference to, the Lord. And then it gives a description of who the Lord is. It says, which art, which was, and which and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. So this is Revelation 16.5. I'm going to go back to my other screen here, which, by the way, I love that I can actually... Uh, just scroll through those things and transition smoothly without having to actually adjust those things um, and take a slower process to do that. I think that's great in this program. So I am going to buy it. By the way, if you're looking for a program to use to critique videos, to critique audio, uh, to have a picture-in-picture -picture alongside an article like I'm looking at here, um, it's called Ecamm. E-C-A-M-M, -M, and I, I really think I liked it a lot. It's, uh, it's good, um, but what I like the most about it is it's a lot cheaper than a lot of the other programs that I've looked into. I think it's 79 bucks or 69 bucks somewhere around there, but 
Anyway, so the question is the last phrase of what I would call a continuation or preservation of the I am, the tetragrammaton, the triadic declaration. And I think this would support what Erasmus was looking at as well. It's not just the fact that Erasmus is looking at the, the manuscripts that he had um, or the early church fathers that he looked at, but as we've gone through throughout time, We've, we've seen that he, there were not a lot of early witnesses to this. What I mean is, as far as the manuscript evidence goes, we've got roughly 5,700 manuscripts, all right? And when it comes to this particular passage, the, apo the apocalypse, apocalypse witnesses, or the book of Revelation witnesses, you have 200 manuscripts that would support this. Now you take it a step further when it comes to Revelation 16.5, out of those 200, you only have four witnesses, okay? And uh, out of those four witnesses, you've got um, what's called the papyrus, which was discovered in the 1930s um, in, in a, a, around the Dead Sea, and it's uh, P47. And then you've got the, uh, that would be a second century manuscript, and Sinaiticus and Vaticanus, I believe one of those has got two witnesses to it. So you've got four total, um, which means that the papyrus is the earliest that we've got. Now, if you're really wanting to uh, get nitpicky about this, the difference between P47 and Sinaiticus and Vaticanus is one word. It's K-A-I, Kai, which would be the um, conjunction and. So it's a continuation of the previous thought, which was and is, and then you've got Chi in the Greek, which would say and, and then you don't have what is after that. The the later um, manuscripts say Hesios, which would be a reference to and holy. And um, I, I believe that Erasmus is in, is correct in his preservation of the text and uh, from his own words. I don't know if I can find it on here, but I I think that Erasmus says. You've, you've got a, a, a number of witnesses that this guy uses, um, but I want to look at what Erasmus's own words were really quick. If I can find it here. Oh, here he says this. He then speaks of the five editions of Erasmus's annotations. He says some... Uh, that, yeah, he says this. So, why not truthfully, with good reason, write, I don't speak... Greek, but I would say that that's um, the preservation of the other four places that he's giving the Tetragrammaton preservation in Revelation 1, 4, 1, 8. Likewise, in 4, 3 and 11, 17 is a continuation of John's voice for what he is communicating regarding the existence of the Lord. As preserved four times, this would be the fifth time in 16, 5. So he goes on to say, because the point is the just Christ shall come away from there and bring them into being. And this way he will, in fact, appear sitting in the judgment and judgment and exercising his just and eternal decrees. This is in no way a, uh, a um, contradiction to Christ being holy. All right, that's not the question. The question is, does the text after that earliest preserved reading in P47 that says Kai which would be and a continuation of the Tetragrammaton. Is it or is it not? Is Erasmus just in his reasoning for saying and shall be? 
or is he incorrect in, in not including the word holy, um, as many readings so, uh, go on to support. Now, Beza, in the 5th fifth, fifth century, uh, Jerome reading of and shall be, there's a 5th century support for this. There's an 8th century from Beatus reading of and will be, a 9th century reading of shall be, the 1549 Ethiopic translation reading of shall be. It's uh, another reading for Clement in the 3rd century reading that Jehovah, the Tremelius, Junius, and Calvin definition of the I am and Jehovah being shall be. Also, Luther and, Cover Luther and Coverdale um, is giving a definition of Exodus 3.14. They read, will be. He also looked at the context of the verse that the second coming was the very next thing with the eternal kingdom of Christ reigning. So Erasmus goes on here and supports this and continues uh, this thought to be cohesive throughout the entire scripture. Now, I'm not going to address anything about James White. This article is, is basically a uh, response to James White and saying anyone who sticks to the Textus Receptus reading of Erasmus is just willing to throw out any and all textual criticism in saying that he included this into the text when it was not in the original text. And there's a lot of assumptions made with this, all right? Um, he, he completely ignores the annotations of Erasmus in all five of his editions, which, by the way, Thomas Jefferson had access to before we had, uh, before we had the internet, before we had any Google searches, before we had access to all the great things that we have access to now, showing the consistency that Erasmus had within his annotations prior to his fifth edition, showing that this was a consistent thought that Erasmus had, and he included it in there without italics, as did the King James translators, showing that there shouldn't be um, any question about whether or not this is a preserved reading. Now, um, let's go on to, basically, I just simply want to address the points that this guy makes. It is approximately, I don't know, 85 pages or so, um, specifically addressing Revelation 16.5. And if you have um, access to it, I would highly recommend you looking up this article uh, if you have any questions about whether or not um, the text that you have is the correct text. If you can actually say, you know what, I believe that this is God's word, preserved as God said that he would preserve his word. Um, take a look at this article. It's, it's very persuasive to me. I know others um, would look at it and have said that they've looked at it and uh, find that it's not persuasive enough to them. But when I consider the evidence, the evidence showing uh, the early witnesses, whether it's the manuscript evidence, I would also look at the, um, the, not just the external, but the internal witnesses of the early church father readings, uh, as well as the early church, the Reformation. What was the text that God preserved throughout history? That is the question. That's the question. I mean, we have a number of witnesses that are manuscripts that we would call witnesses that, that show us and say what the preserve, preservation is of what we have, but it doesn't say what, what, we, what we had up to that point. We, we, what it shows us is what we have today um, as a witness to what they were using back then. I think that it's, it's extremely, to me personally, very persuasive that, that this is the reading of the majority of what Christians had and what was used uh, around the world. So the first point that he says here 
obviously is a reference to, let me just read this since you can see it. It's in the King James only controversy. James White says, thankfully, there isn't the slightest doubt as what John wrote here. And only misguided de dedication to a human tradition would cause anyone to believe otherwise. Christians are people of truth, and I truly exhort any KJV-only advocate to seriously consider the text. Again, in my opinion, this is drawing away from uh, the fact that it's not about the King James Version. It's about uh, the tr traditional text or the TR. What was the preserved reading? And uh, to examine the documentation provided and to recognize King James onlyism for what it is, an unfounded tradition that flies in the face of the truth. Now, this guy, I don't, I can't figure out who this guy is. I think his name might be Nick. I don't know who wrote this article. I need to look at that a little more carefully, and, uh, and I'm sure I could figure it out. But I believe that it's the editor of uh, this website overall. I could be wrong. He says, yeah, he, he draws on, uh, that quotation, slightest doubt, where he says, do you think there is not the quote-unquote slightest doubt concerning Revelation 16.5 after reading this book? Do you think the conclusions of this book are misguided, just mere human tradition or deceptive? And then here's the points that he addresses throughout this book. He, is, he spends a lot of time uh, focusing on Jehovah, on the I Am, and then he goes into the Hebrew, the triadic, uh, declaration, but I'm going to go through these point by point and show you why I believe this is extremely persuasive to me to believe that in my King James Bible, uh, it is a correct rendition or preservation of what the text said, what they had throughout history of what God gave us, what was inspired. inspired see, and when, when I look at that verse that says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, so many people read, read that and say all scripture is inspired by God. They forget the given part. The given by inspiration to me is just as, 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 as great of an argument for the preservation within a version, if you wanted to use a version of the preservation of God's word from the text. We say that the text was inspired, the original autograph, what they wrote was inspired. But then the Bible goes on to say that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So I would go, I would even venture to say that, that it's breaking away from what is truly inspired, okay? The words that were given is what was inspired, okay? It's not necessarily the ink and pen on paper. It's the preservation of the words themselves throughout history as God promised us that he would give us. To me, that's the greater overall argument. Do we have the word of God today in any version, in any Greek text, in any uh, edition of any Greek? Where do we have it? Is it in the Hebrew? Is it in the Masoretic text? Where is the word of God at? I venture to say that in the English, God has given me in an English Bible the word of God. I don't have any issue saying that. And I would be willing to and have been open to dialogue and debate of any uh, particular passage, especially uh, as you can see in this verse that was brought up to me in Revelation 16.5 in English. Should it say, and shall be. So his first point is Jehovah comes from to be. It's related to the triadic declaration. And the second point, Jesus, who is to come slash shall be, is Jehovah. Uh, I am also means who was and is and shall be. I am in the English Bible versions shows shall be as a reasonable reading. Hutter has shall be in his Hebrew edition with 
is to come in his grief. The New Testament Hebrew of Hutter in Revelation 16.5 is akin to Hava, to, to be, shalt be. And most commentaries concerning the triadic declaration related to Jehovah and I am. Now, Strong's number gives one number to the triadic declaration, which is a name for God. I think that's pretty um, a pretty telling thing there. I mean, when it comes to the I am, it's it's the past, present, and future. When we come to Revelation 16.5, all of a sudden, it's not a triadic declaration anymore, a preservation of the great I am in Revelation, but that it's he was, he is, and he's holy. I mean, how is that a continuation? I don't, I don't understand how that would be. The triadic declaration is the original holy name. P47 has and, which would be Kai. Bays appointed this. He was also going on to fulfill the triadic declaration. Rome has shalt be in the triadic declaration. Clement of Alexandria, speaking of Jeho uh, Jehovah, used Asemenos. Knowing the correct New Testament reading of Revelation 16.5, Gregory of Nyssa called Christ the Asemenos, Beatus of Lebanon has shall be in his text and commentary. Obviously, I might be butchering these names here. And then Hymo Halberstadness, uh, he has shall be in his commentary, exactly how Jerome had it. Erasmus had the Tragic Declaration and his annotations in all five editions, which to me is a bit dishonest to say, well, um, Erasmus didn't have it until his fifth edition when he decided to put his conjecture in there. When he put it in his annotations and when he presented it to uh, the, the Pope at the time, which obviously, guys, to me, using the old um, argument that Erasmus was a Catholic and you can't trust it because he was a Catholic, I personally believe that Erasmus um, was trying to reform from within. That's why he never broke from the Catholic Church. It's my own personal conviction about the matter. And uh, that obviously Rome controlled the text. If, he, if there was going to be any text presented that was going to be published and uh, given to the people, it had to go through uh, the pontiff or the pope. He had to give his seal of approval on it, which is why Erasmus would have dedicated it to him in order to have the clearance to give it to the people. And that's why I believe God used him in such a way that he did. He's probably the only guy who could have done it. I mean, the Catholic Church, you really think that they're going to allow um, anybody other than a Catholic to put out another version of what they would call the church reading, the church text? I don't think so. I think that God used that. But anyways... Besides that point, you've got the Ethiopic Bible of 1549, which also has shall be. I think that that is an excellent witness. I know that that's a version, um, but I think that that's an excellent witness for us to show that there had to be a Greek text around um, that, that had that reading in it. We don't have it today. We don't have it today. I'll be the first to tell you that. We don't have it today. But what did they have then? What did they have then? The early witnesses within the commentaries, the annotations, other versions clearly had it in there. I mean, what do we have to have to say, you know what, it was more than likely in there as a faithful reading and rendition of the Triadic Declaration. The 1560 Geneva Notes, uh, they also have shall be. So to say the Revelation 16.5 is not a faithful rendering of um, what was supposed to be communicated and, and passed on to us, I think is dishonest. Uh, Tremelius and Junius shared editions with Beza. Their editions adopted his reading as soon as it came out in 1582. 
Calvin defined Jehovah as the I Am, as the Triadic Declaration. Beza explained in a 1582 footnote, the Triadic Declaration appears when Jehovah appears. So if Jehovah, which is the Lord mentioned earlier in 16.5, is going to be consistent to continue on to say, and shalt be, would be a continuation of Jehovah. The King James translators to say that they slavishly followed Beza, I think would be, um, I think would be um, misinformation. They simply didn't do that. And here's Here's a couple examples that this guy gives where they differed from Beza in John 8, 6 and Acts 16, 7, but they did choose to adopt shall be knowing that Beza was correct. They left no note or italic. In John 2, 23, they placed the reading in italics to show a minority reading. Here, they did not consider a minority reading, which shows it wasn't an italic to show it was neither a minority reading, nor that it was unfaithful, nor that it was a conjecture, but it was the text itself. And I think the King James translators were very faithful to put in italics any time there was something that didn't come over directly from the Greek to the English. I think that they were they were very consistent with that. Uh, we've got a lot of other um, uh, examples here, but here it gets into his um, his rebuttal against James White, and he goes on to say that he would debate James White any time, any place, anywhere. And I would love to see that. I don't think they've ever done that. But I would love to see that. So hopefully that was uh, beneficial to you all. Um, <clears throat> I think that for me personally, I want to keep this. <clears throat> it's no longer short, but I'm going to put it up on Twitter for you guys to check out if you want to look at this. Go to textus-receptus.com. Down at the very bottom, he's got a list of uh, hyperlinks to every single passage within the TR. If you click on Revelation 16.5, it does have an additional hyperlink for, for this article. <clears throat> I will uh, include this article in the video when I put it up on Twitter. I hope this has been beneficial to you all. And if you have any comments or anything, let me know. Um, that's all I got. So with that said... <clears throat> I think it's pretty pretty clear that I think it is a faithful rendering of what the Greek text actually said, even though we only have four Greek witnesses to what was then there. Oh, which I didn't bring this up, okay? Um, the Sinaiticus and Vaticanus do not have chi, which would be that word and that P47 does have. So if P47 is the earliest witness that we have for Revelation 16.5, and then you don't have what shows up after that word, and uh, then you see in Sinaiticus and Vaticanus, which is what's preserved in the Nestle Allen, Sinaiticus and Vaticanus, showing that it says, and holy. Um, I would think that there, there would be a great, um, a, a good argument to be made that if we had what was uh, the remainder of P47, that it would agree with the TR. Anyways, that's all I got. Have a good one. Talk to you later, guys. God bless.